0: The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It's Thursday.
1: April 21st, 6 p.m.
0: here in New York. What time is it in Australia?
1: Friday, 8 a.m., Up bright and early this morning. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Ready to go. I know. We're recording a bit earlier because I've got a dental appointment today that I totally didn't remember. So, yeah. So exciting. I know. And a lot happened this morning in terms of the case that we're going to talk about today. So, yeah, it's been a day already. (laughs) Yeah.
0: For me, it's it's literally been a day because it's 6 (laughs) p.m., (laughs)
1: oh gosh crazy crazy it's um
0: super windy here right now so i'm sorry if you hear any wind background noise as we've mentioned um we don't have our own fancy recording studio we're not we're not that big of a deal yet maybe one day but right now if you hear some wind i hope you're not too upset by it i don't think You will
1: be because most of you seem pretty nice, but you never know. (laughs) I was just saying before, too, I woke up during the night a few times because the rain was so heavy, like heavy enough that it woke me up. So it looks relatively clear now. So hopefully we'll be able to get through it without a typhoon hurricane coming through. Imagine if we got
0: like a bad review, like one star and it was like too much wind and rain noise, unprofessional. (laughs) Oh, my god! Or just always talking about
1: the weather. We just like the weather. I don't know. just <laughs> fun to compare. Everyone has weather. so Yeah, and we're like Every, Everyone can relate. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: do you have any exciting weekend plans?
1: No, pretty quiet here. It's, it's a weird kind of time here because we had Easter and then next week we also get another public holiday on Monday, I think it is, for Anzac Day, which is kind of like our Memorial Day. So mm-hmm. it's kind of all up and down all over the place. At the moment, um, yeah, but no, nothing really too exciting, pretty quiet, I think. What about you? Well, tomorrow in the morning, I'm going to look at a
0: wedding venue Ooh. and do a tasting, so I figure at least I'll get some snacks out of it. <sighs> we went and looked at another place a couple weeks ago, and we like that one, so we'll see. And then I have to go into the city to go to um, the show at Madison Square Garden for This it's like a live read of a TV show called Letter Kenny, but it's for my boyfriend's friend's birthday. So we're all going. Hopefully I don't get like shot on the
1: subway or anything. (laughs) That'll be fun, something different.
0: Yeah, if I don't get shot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know a few people have um been saying that you should go live we you should have gone live as well with this case that we're gonna talk about today, but I guess there's no need anymore now. (laughs) Yeah, now I mean it would always be weird, but now it'd be especially weird.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so the case we're gonna talk about today which has been big news the last couple days about orsolia gall she it happened in queens so not super far from me especially since i'm going to the city but yeah I definitely
1: (laughs) won't be going to queens sorry
0: to disappoint
1: Yeah. So this case literally has only been going for not even a week today. Um, And the thing with this case is it's been a big, big mess. There's been a lot of, quote, source information, which, you know, the sources aren't named, a lot of conflicting information. um, And basically, it's a big jumble. We've had the blog going the whole time. So we've reported basically everything that has been said. So It may seem a little bit confusing at times, but I think it's important that we kind of do it chronologically and report everything that was said. So if you're wondering like but they said the opposite to that. You know, we know we we absolutely know, but this is what was reported at the time as the case was unfolding. And once we
0: get to the end, we'll do uh, a wrap-up. What seems to be the correct story at this
1: moment. Yeah. What we actually know now that there's some actual Things happening, not just gossip and rumors and source, you know, unknown source information. Yeah, New York City, a lot of sources. I feel like that I haven't. I don't remember a case that has been this messy for a long time. There's like everyone is like, "What is going on?" There was just so much different information and kind of no nothing confirmed for a very long time. It was also like it was rapid fire and all wrapped up pretty quickly. Yeah, and there was a lot of strange people who kind of inserted themselves in this case as well. Like, you know, like, what is this person talking for? What is this person doing? So it was a very unusual one.
0: Today we're going to be talking about the murder of Orsolia Gall from Queens, New York and Forest Hills. And thankfully, timing was on our side for once at this one. There was the big update of the arrest this morning. So we'll just get started at, at the beginning and we'll get to present time. So we started doing the Notes first episode on April 17th, 2022 in USA time. And at that time, we learned that Orsulia Gall, she was a 51-year-old woman from Queens and that she'd been found dead stuffed in a bag in a park near her home. Big news because it's very strange, obviously. <laughs>
2: Police are trying to figure out how a woman in Queens died and who stuffed her body into a duffel bag that dumped her on the side of the road. A person walking spotted the bag early today on Metropolitan Avenue in Forest Hills, Queens. There are two crime scenes right now. There's also tapes surrounding a home a few blocks away. News 4's Adam Harding live in Forest Hills with what police say led them to that home. Adam? And according to sources, Gilma, it was a trail of blood that brought investigators here to Juno Street behind us. And you can see police have this home cordoned off. They've been here since early this morning. The question in front of police and neighbors is how did this happen and why did this happen? As you mentioned, Gilma, there are two crime scenes. Let's first show you the scene earlier this morning. This is around between eight and nine this morning, right here in Queens, not far from Metropolitan Ave at Union Turnpike. According to investigators, they say a woman's body was found inside a duffel bag or a hockey bag right in a grassy area right there. We saw police in that area for several hours as they were investigating. A short time later, sources say a trail of blood brought them a few blocks away to this residential neighborhood where we are right now. Again, this is on Juneau Street. Investigators right now have not yet identified who the victim at this point is, but police have been here since early this morning. As investigators try to piece together what exactly exactly happened in this gruesome, horrific scene? Neighbors, too, are left wondering what went wrong.
0: Orsolia, a little background on her. She was married to a man named Howard Klein, and they had two teenage sons together. One was 13 and one was 17, and it seems like their names are Jamie and Leo. Jamie is the 17-year-old, and Leo is the 13-year-old. Howard, the husband, his Twitter bio says... RK Equity and Lithium Ion Bull and Rock Stock Channel equals Lithium Battery and Technology, Metals Intelligence, not advice, D Y O R. No idea what any of that means, but it all yeah. sounds very smart and professional. Yeah, and yeah, successful maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we looked at the RK Equity website and it says, RK Equity Advisors is leading proprietary research and capital markets advisory firm with a global reach focused on the lithium-ion battery materials supply chain. Then it also goes to our team section. It speaks a little bit about his role in the company. It says RK Equity is led by Howard Klein and Rodney Hooper, each with over twenty-five years' experience in investment banking, portfolio management, corporate advisory, equity and derivative sales, and investor relations. So seems to be very successful, or at least knows how to use a lot of big words. (laughs) We couldn't really find anything career-wise for Orsolia, so it seems like she may have been raising the kids. Um, A quote from one of the neighbors said that she was a stay-at-home mom and that she spent a lot of time with the kids. They lived on Juno Street in Forest Hills, New York. There's a real estate list day on it. There's pictures of the house because, for some reason, they put the house on the, like, (laughs) what? Reward fly. Yeah, on the looking for information flyers someone actually because i posted it on instagram and i was like does anybody else think it's weird that they used a picture of the house instead of a picture of her and someone messaged and said it's because it's a homicide <laughs> that's very clever yeah uh, i have to look who it was to give them credit um but someone else said it might be because like maybe if someone was like driving by and like saw the house
1: around that time or something but i don't know I still think it's weird yeah the house has been kind of subject of a lot of discussion online too because the house is worth over two million dollars and when you look at the house it's nothing special like it's very neat and tidy um but I know obviously I know New York yeah welcome to New crazy. York <laughs> yeah, but everyone's like two million dollars for that like it's no, know, nothing amazing for two million bucks.
0: Having like an actual house in like the city area, expensive. Yeah, exactly. So like we mentioned, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with this case. I'll probably say the word weird 20 times because we always do. <laughs> um, but initially, it was also reported that the couple's oldest son was reported missing in 2004, which doesn't really make sense because he would have literally been a baby.
1: Like that was when he was born or the year before he was born or something like no it was the year he was born we we were trying to work it out and basically yeah it would he would have been an infant yeah if he did go missing in 2004
0: yeah so allegedly that happened we can't really find any other information on that um and howard also reported or solely missing on may 29th 2020 uh, we can't find anything else really about that either except that he ended up telling police that she'd been found safe so already starting off confusing.
1: Yeah.
0: So, like we said, it seems like there's been a lot of misinformation with this case, kind of a lot of info coming from sources. So we're going to go through some of that. Um, but what we know for sure is, is that Orsolia was seen alive in the backyard by her neighbors on Friday, April 15th. She shared a common backyard with her neighbors and one of the neighbors, John Blankson said that he saw her in the backyard Friday and he said Saturday morning we were like, Why can't we hear the dog this morning? It's super shocking and he said they were a normal family. So it turns out Howard and the eldest son were apparently out of state at the time. Howard posted a tweet that he has since deleted saying that they arrived in Portland, Oregon. Oregon again. And <laughs> can't get away from I said it. it right this time though. <sighs> and we're also planning to visit Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, the tweet said, just landed Just landed Portland, Oregon before evaluating Ann Arbor again with my 17-year-old son. Seems like they were visiting colleges. Um, Some people question if that's weird on Easter slash Passover weekend. Seems like they were Jewish because they also talk about a bar mitzvah. I mean, I don't know if it's weird. I'm not super religious. So like I celebrate I a Easter, few people
1: Because but- <laughs> I, I included that kind of comment because I saw a few people like, why are they doing this on Easter? But then other comments have been, well, Passover, and other comments have been like, no, we don't even like acknowledge it at our campus. It's an absolutely normal time to do it. So I think maybe it was just an initial question that was raised, but it ended up being not actually entirely strange. I think the strangest thing is that Orsolia didn't go with them. Yeah. But- um You'd think that she would want to check it out too. But yeah, they just anyway, didn't want to drag yeah.
0: the, the other kid along.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, and I have expensive. also read which hasn't yeah, exactly to travel around holiday time yeah. too. But um I have also read that Orsolia was maybe meant to fly out and that the dog may have been boarded. And this is all obviously another rumour, which we don't even know if it's true or not. But maybe she was going to fly out later or, you know, whatever. But yeah, at the time she wasn't with them. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of people talking about how expensive plane tickets are. So maybe just yeah.
0: didn't want to spend the money, didn't feel like going. I've got my own other little theory on that, which we'll talk about at the end. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, so John the Neighbor also spoke about how Howard had COVID recently and an event an event was canceled. He said we were going to go to the son's bar mitzvah a few weeks ago, but the father got COVID, so the bar mitzvah was cancelled. Damn what a bummer they cancel the whole thing because the dad has COVID. <laughs> you just stay home. <laughs> so Pix Eleven was reporting that Orsolia told her youngest son that she was going to see a show on Friday night. At the time there was a lot of speculation that she was going out on a date and that it was a lie. Um I'm not really sure why or where that came from.
1: It's been very gossipy. I still don't know how they got all this information um and a lot of it probably ended up maybe being true so it's very strange how so quickly they found out all this information however the new york post is reporting that she went out with friends so the source said that
0: during her final hours on friday quote she goes out with friends and they said that they're pulling the video and the receipts from those places to kind of verify if she was there or not a source also said that she knew the people she was out with, were talking to them. We also have to figure out, did she meet some mysterious stranger along the way? Either way, whatever ends up being true, it was known that she she did go out somewhere and that she returned home between 11 and 1230, it seems. Then jump to 4.30 a.m., a figure can be seen wheeling the bag that we now know contained Orsolia's body down the street in plain view of houses. So if you've been following this case at all, you know the picture we are talking about. Um, it just shows a silhouette rolling the bag. It kind of looks like he might be holding something also, maybe wearing a backpack. It's one of those things where people zoomed in and manipulated this photo every which way, <laughs> which never really
1: ends up helping. And quote enhanced it. Yeah. Like when they're like, he's an enhanced image. I'm like, this is actually a thousand they're times like, worse. <laughs> I've, I've enhanced the image. It's like, what, you turned up the contrast? <laughs> So, yeah, it does. I think a lot of the issues with this picture online and the discussion is that the bag that the person is dragging is actually a really big hockey bag. Um, mm-hmm. So, it kind of looks out of proportion, maybe, is my thinking. So, the person does look quite small, quite thin. Um, but it also looks
0: like he's leaning forward a lot, like taking big steps because the bag's probably it. heavy. So, yeah, he does yeah. look small, which made a lot of people come up with all different theories. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: Tonight, authorities are looking at this surveillance video, part of their investigation, showing a person dragging a duffel bag down the street. 51-year-old Orsaya gall's body was found in a duffel bag on the side of the road near Queens Park Saturday morning, police following a blood trail back to her house. Investigators say Gaul was stabbed some 60 times in her home, one of her sons upstairs, her older son and husband out of town looking at colleges, neighbors shocked by the horrific murder. never expected anything like that to happen. She was a lovely lady always very attentive to her family her kids just an amazing person
1: yeah so and there's also video of him like it it, it obviously was a very awkward um thing to have to do the bag looks heavy it looks kind of overbalanced and, and it also um, looks like he's holding something yeah, some people theorize maybe it was a skateboard or I, I, obviously we actually still don't know if he was holding anything. But it definitely does look like there he did, was wearing a backpack maybe too.
0: Yeah, so carrying a lot of stuff, dragging a body, can't be easy. Um, the following morning at 8, 10 a.m. on that Saturday, it'd be April 16th. A dog walker noticed a duffel bag on the sidewalk, laying on the ground near the corner of Metropolitan Avenue and Forest Park Drive. We believe the location is under a mile away from the family home on Juno Street. So kind of suspicious. There's
1: pictures of where the bag is. That, uh, the police kind of—it's literally kind of half on the sidewalk, yeah. half <laughs> on like the verge. It's not hidden in bushes or anything. It's just literally laying there. You'd have to step around it probably if you're walking on the sidewalk. It's right walk. next to the road. Even though they say it's in yeah. a
0: park, it's. There's still a road right there. It's not like a nice path through like a wooded park. Yeah, it's definitely right in the middle of the public. Yeah. And very out of place. person who found the bag called 911 and police arrived quickly. They opened the bag and found
1: Orsolia's body. She had not been dismembered, but she'd been shoved into the bag. Just as a kind of a note, I've seen lots of conflicting info about if she had been dismembered or not. I'm fairly sure she hadn't been. Um, We'll get into her wounds soon, but like they were pretty horrendous wounds. But as far as actually being dismembered, I don't think she was. No, and I mean, hockey bags, from what I've seen, are pretty big. So, and she looks very petite. Like she, I don't know how tall or how much she weighs or anything, but she doesn't, she's definitely not a big woman. So, You know, I've seen lots of comments and that people be like, yep, she could have absolutely have fitted in a hockey bag. Yeah.
0: So the person who found Orsolia is Glenn Van Nostrand. Um, This info is taken from news.com.au, which is an Australian source.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this has actually been in the news a lot here. I was just having a look and there's another article today. So, yeah, it's been a big one in the news here too.
0: Their article says, At first, Glenn thought the wheeled duffel bag had simply been discarded, but his two Rhodesian Ridgebacks, Philip and Iris, glad glad we got their names. (laughs) Very important. (laughs) And the dogs' names, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Philip and Iris got so agitated as they neared it that he decided to look inside. He said, these are scent hounds. They see the world through their noses. He said, but... To me, it looked like a mannequin. It didn't look very fleshy. It was more like a crash test dummy. I thought it was maybe some equipment being used for something. I didn't think anything of it. Then he said he saw black ankle length jeans, a belt, and a woman's waist. He didn't see the blood on the other side of the bag until after he'd opened it. The body was in the fetal position, he said, and adding, and he added that the bag had wheels. Once the detectives arrived, Glenn dropped his dogs off at home before going down to the precinct to give a full report. But while he was trying to walk home, his dogs had other ideas. They kept pulling me, he said. The dogs led him to a spot about 91 meters from where the body in the bag was found on Metropolitan Avenue near the Jackie Robinson Parkway, where patches of apparently fresh blood were found. He said, some of the cops followed me and the dogs to it. A lot of articles were reporting that there was actually a trail of blood basically leading from the bag back to Orsolia's house on Juno Street. So we think that that's kind of what he was referring to there, that, you know, obviously you're wheeling this bag with a body in it. It's not like it's waterproof. It's just fabric. The blood's going to just leak right through. Yeah. So police quickly made their way back there where they found her 13-year-old son home alone. He was apparently found on the upper floor of the property and told police that he didn't know where his mother was. The police said that he stated he lives at the location but doesn't know where she is. The boy was for some reason handcuffed and taken into custody to be interviewed, but later released. So I don't really know why they had to handcuff him.
1: And it's interesting to me too that he's a minor, but in all the media photos I've seen of him being handcuffed, they never blurred his face, or which I always thought they usually do if it's a minor, but they didn't in this case. It's also
0: weird that they just, as a minor, like put him in handcuffs
1: and took him. And especially without a parent there, like his dad was interstate apparently maybe you know, called there's no him one at else least. yeah i don't know that's very maybe strange. they
0: were thought he was in danger i just think it's weird they handcuffed him because that's basically what started all these horrible rumors right. about the son being involved
1: you would think they would only handcuff him if they really had reason to believe he was involved yeah it's just weird. Um, like i you know i do kind of get that he was the only one home at the time so obviously they would have had to look at him but yeah the handcuffing seems very extreme it's also like he's 13 like, it's not like he's
0: yeah. a threat really where they're like we have to detain him So around this time, there was a lot of articles with headlines like husband, teenage son, persons of interest after Orsulia's body was found in a bag and people, the media caught that the son was kind of taken out in handcuffs. So that just started this frenzy of info from sources. Sometimes I feel like the news takes the initiative on some things and just kind of assume that, you know, he was in handcuffs. He's a person of interest. So just kind of like throwing gasoline
1: on this fire, basically. And I also think that usually the husband would always be considered as a possible suspect or person of interest as well. But
0: Yeah. So Howard, husband, he apparently spoke to the news agencies that contacted him. He told the Post he was in the middle of a terrible experience. He said, my son Leo is safe. Thank God my son is safe. And he said that on Saturday of his younger child before adding that his family's lives are at stake. Um, He apparently evaded questions about his younger son being questioned and said, there are concerns about our safety. The man claimed that their lives were at risk.
1: And as a kind of interesting note too, after all this happened, Howard ended up deleting the tweets about being in Portland and going to Michigan as well. And he's also locked down his Twitter account, which made a lot of people – wonder why like why would you delete the tweet you know was like people were questioning was that kind of an alibi that he'd set up at the time and different things like that just seemed like a strange move
0: yeah that's what in hindsight it's just he didn't want people being nosy in hindsight if you didn't know like as much as you know now, it would look like he was tweeting that, like you said, to be an alibi, like oh, I'm in Portland. but Also, he probably was just like, fuck all these nosy people.
1: It did seem quite strange that he randomly spoke to the media as well and actually told them quite a bit of information right at the start of the investigation, like you think that If you were worried about preserving the investigation, you probably wouldn't do that. But maybe he was just in shock or something like that as well.
0: Yeah. I feel like sometimes people talk to the media thinking kind of like as a comfort thing, like trying to get the story out there and like having people to talk to. But it just never turns out that way because people are just like vicious and tear apart everything everyone says. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. After the news had said that the the father and son were potentially persons of interest on Saturday later that day, more articles were really saying that they'd been cleared. So this is kind of what we mean about there was just so much back and forth, like in the same day, almost like immediately one after another. So then CBS was saying the media was originally told the woman's husband and son were potential suspects in the case. But now sources say police no longer consider them persons of interest. Dr. Carl Adler told cbs to Leah Mishkin that Orsolia and her husband were his patients, and he said they
1: cared about each other. This was another thing. Why is the doctor talking? I feel like the reporters <laughs> here were just
0: contacting, like, anyone. Anyone that yep. might have known them and be like, do you have a <laughs> comment? And sometimes people are just like, um, they were nice. <laughs> also, as a doctor,s is this a HIPAA violation? Saying that they're <laughs> your <laughs> patients? Yeah, exactly. Tisk tisk. A friend of Orsolia spoke to CBS and gave another account of what happened on Friday night, and she also spoke more about Orsulia's personality. She said that Orsolia loved the theater, ballet, traveling, concerts, adding she was out on Friday with a mutual female friend and returned home around 11 p.m. In terms of the cause of death for Orsolia, the New York Post reported that she was stabbed to death. They said detectives have found no sign of a break-in at the house. They believe the suspect knew the victim and stabbed her out of anger, a source said. But CBS was reporting that she died from blunt force trauma injuries, and the quote from their article: a "Sources told CBS that the suspected cause of
1: death was blunt force trauma." That's kind of an, a great example of just the absolute polar opposites that were being reported at the same time <laughs> from sources. Yeah, one turns out to be true, which we're getting to, but yeah, the other one was clearly not true. Like I get they're similar-ish in a way, but
0: still. It's not like one was like, she was strangled, and one was like, she was shot. Yeah, yeah. And another strange twist. I was going to say weird, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Mix it up. (laughs) I know, I need to get my thesaurus out. (laughs) So yeah, definitely one of the weirder parts of this case, I would say. Um, PIX11 and the news started reporting that Howard received a text warning him that he and the family
1: was in danger. So the... Article from PIX11, this is a direct screenshot from that article that said, the person who killed a mother of two left a haunting message to her husband, according to police sources, saying your whole family is next. So this is one of the things that I kind of mean about the husband telling the media a lot of information, which could have been detrimental to the investigation at, at the time. But yeah, that was being reported that there was a text sent to him. Yeah. Is, and it was... Sent from, like, her phone, if that wasn't clear. Yeah. So a lot of people were questioning how could the killer have gotten into the phone? You know, obviously, she may not have had a passcode or he could have used her face or her fingerprints before he dumped her, I guess. Yeah.
0: Orsulia's neighbors and friends have, have spoken out about their loss. One person said she was a very happy woman, always smiling, always joking. She loved life. The neighbor we mentioned before, John Blankson, said, what a tragedy for everybody involved. I think everyone is trying to piece together what's happened. How did this happen? Why did this happen? This is unimaginable by anyone's standards. Um, He also said, keep reliving the sequence of events. It's actually quite strange. The more goes on, the gravity of the situation just keeps making it worse. We're very sad and we can't believe
1: something like this could happen on our block. It seems like a very nice kind of suburban, quiet, uh, quiet neighborhood. Like I've seen a lot of comments along those lines. Like it's not absolutely not something you would have expected to happen in that area. A Sleepy town. Mm. On April eighteenth,
0: we learned some more about her apparent cause of death. Um, an article said Orsolia sustained about sixty sharp force injuries to her neck, torso, and left arm, according to sources with the knowledge of her autopsy. Puncture wounds were discovered on her carotid artery and trachea, the sources said. She was also discovered with knife wounds inside her fingers and on the palms of her hands. Um, It did not immediately appear that she suffered any sexual trauma, according to the sources. The Daily Mail also reported on the 18th that Howard received that anonymous text. That was what we mentioned before. It's making its rounds through the news now. They said, after she was murdered, police believe the killer used her phone to text her husband to say, your whole family is next. Picks 11 cites sources who say the killer also told Howard, your wife sent me to jail some years ago. I'm back. We've gotten a few different variations of this text. Some agencies are reporting that the entire text content said, your wife sent me to jail some years ago when you were living near Austin Street in Forest Hills. I'm back. Don't call the police or
1: I will kill your family. So on this day, there was kind of a weird little side story that people found the social media of Jamie, who's osolia's oldest son, and he had two social media accounts. He was in a ba- – oh, I'm assuming he still is in a band. It's kind of like a metal, hardcore, um, very edgy, it makes me sound really old to say <laughs> that, but it was like a very hardcore band and that his Instagram handle was Slitter Throat, Slitterthroat, S-L-I-T-T-E-R-T-H-R-O-A-T, um it doesn't really matter now that we know more about what happened but it just kind of added to the mess at the time and people were like he i know he'd written a song about i think it was called mother where he lay on the ground and had you know red stuff around his neck like it was all obviously just very um it, it was interesting at the time i guess when we knew what had happened but now we know that it doesn't really matter and doesn't play a part in the story but i just thought we should mention it because i know there was a lot of discussion about it online
0: yeah and just adds more to why people were saying some of the things they were saying not that I again this is just us like explaining the story I'm not saying I agree with people like snooping around and just like blaming the sons like that does feel kind of sad to me but
1: at the time I understand why people were thinking this but he did make both of his Instagram accounts private on April 18 which is totally understandable but It was just kind of because of the circumstances of her death, people were commenting about his Instagram and the content on the Instagram. So,
0: yeah. So that brings us to April 19th. Um, At this time, there were still no arrests or persons of interest named in the case. On that day, we learned that the bag that Orsolia was stuffed in was a black Bauer hockey bag. Police believe that Orcilia knew her killer because there was no signs of a break-in and considering the violent nature of the crime, they suspect the attack was personal and fueled by anger specifically towards her.
1: Stabbing someone 60 times seems very personal and very angry. And I feel like that was a lot of the reason too why people kept suggesting that the youngest son may have been involved because that, you know, as that would be a very personal attack for him to kill his mother. Um, so that was happening at the time as well. Personally. I
0: never really thought it was the sun, even though it would make sense, like, you were just saying that – that it would be personal. Maybe there was some anger there towards his mom. But I always thought um, it would be very hard for a 13-year-old. And it's not like this is like some jack 13-year-old to stab an adult who was probably fighting back 60 times. Like 60 times is a lot. And then move the dead weight of an adult body into the bag. Which even though we said, yes, she would fit in the bag. Like you still have to do some stuffing into the bag and manipulate the body. And then drag the body a mile down the road seemed like
1: it would be a lot for a 13-year-old. I agree, but I do also see the reasoning in terms of like why would you bother taking it out of the house and dragging it for the half a mile? Like that kind of seemed very amateur and very sloppy and – almost supported the fact that maybe the 13-year-old at the time was involved, which obviously we now know wasn't. But, like, yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. It would have been hard for a 13-year-old to do that, but there are some aspects of the crime that were very childlike almost. some people are saying because an adult would maybe have a car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was another thing. And maybe there was a lot of talk about that maybe the person in the video was carrying a skateboard for him to get home or whatever. So, um like I feel like a lot of the speculation was maybe not fair but understandable a little bit that, you know, the the person in the video seemed smaller, you know, thinner, which was also the stature of her son. You know, it's obviously not um, fair that he had to be put in that situation where he was considered a suspect or a possible suspect but it did happen essentially in this case.
0: Yeah. And just another thing, one of um, our friends is a nurse who works in a hospital and, you know, she's an adult female and she even said herself getting dead bodies into a body bag at her job she always struggles with and it's very hard to do and multiple people have to do it. So that was just another thing that made me think it'd be hard. Yeah. Media reports were also discussing how the attack was sloppy and didn't really seem premeditated like we were just saying. One source said he left a blood trail for five blocks from the house it was like a trail of breadcrumbs if you want to kill somebody you try to make it a little cleaner be a little more prepared he didn't go with something to move her body he took something from the house so that all points to this wasn't really planned or not planned very well at least yeah at this time the New York City police offered a $3,500 reward for information in the case. Posters were put up around the area. Those are the ones that have the house on them that we were talking about before. (laughs) The poster said, On Saturday, April 16, 2022, at approximately 12.40 a.m., an unknown perpetrator stabbed a 51-year-old Orsolia Gall multiple times, causing her death. The victim was found inside a duffel bag along metropolitan avenue in queens
1: yeah it was a very weird reward a very weird poster um like what kind of person is going to speak for three and a half thousand dollars that was discussed a lot um yeah why why didn't they include the photo of the person dragging her or or a photo of her it's just the photo of the house i feel like maybe they Um, already kind of had their Mm -hmm. eye
0: on someone that's why it wasn't like a bigger award i mean we're just looking for more information to really seal the deal but yeah i agree it's weird the poster is weird it's just like impact font in the picture of the house um (laughs) i don't know just another weird aspect of the case yeah i guess i guess we can't really bitch because they solved the case pretty quickly very quickly yeah in
1: a week yeah But then in saying that, they only solved it because the person came forward. (laughs) Yeah. And the person's also like an idiot, it seems. (laughs) Um,
0: I think they would have gotten caught if he didn't come forward either. Yeah, definitely. So another random event. Tuesday afternoon, the family's electrician, Arjuna Jack, stopped by Orsolia's home, which was still wrapped in crime scene tape after he heard that she'd been killed on the news. Um, He said, "I'm very startled, he said that he was frequently at the family's home to do electrical work as well as some power washing and painting. He said, I know her very well. Her husband's very nice. Her two sons are very nice as well. It's very sad. He said she was very beautiful and said that as far as he could tell, the family didn't have any issues. He said she's a very happy, jolly person all the time. I see her all the time jogging.
1: There was a lot of discussion about this because they're like, apparently he's not from the neighborhood. Like, why does he see her jogging all the time? It's very weird that your electrician is saying how beautiful you are. There was a lot of people side eye this guy at the time, which I think a lot of it may be a language, um, like a set English as a second language thing, yeah. not quite understanding or, you know, the context isn't there. But, yeah, it was a very strange insertion of himself into the case.
0: I feel like sometimes, at times like this, the person thinks they're helping by being like, the husband's very nice, the son's very nice, like maybe you <laughs> saw they are getting backlash or something but it's also weird it's like dude why are you gonna walk to this house that's a crime scene and just be like here I am ready to answer questions (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know people do interesting things under stress I guess yeah and some people just want attention yeah some people just want their 15 minutes of fame. side note because I feel like everyone knows this type of person Olivia and I both know someone where whenever some sort of tragedy happens They always have to be like, oh, my God, I was there once when I was 15 or like, (laughs) oh, my God, like I was in the same building as this person one time or just always
1: has to – finds the most non-event connection that they can find but it still is a big deal yeah there
0: could be a shooting at a place and they'd be like i had to use the bathroom there three years ago i can't believe it it could have been me i read a book about that place it could have been me (laughs) but yeah i feel like we all know a person like that and if you're that person it's okay so some more specific details about Orsoya's movements on um, the night she was killed were made public. She apparently went to see a show at the Lincoln Center with her friends. Um, when she got back to her neighborhood, she went to a bar. She sat there alone for about 40 minutes as
1: if she was waiting for someone else. When nobody else showed up, she left. I feel like that is probably the most likely scenario as well like I know we spoke before about how maybe she went on a date and all that I feel like that is has come out that that is actually probably likely what happened yeah because I think two different things had said that she like went out with friends I think yeah and I think there was actually at the, t- at the start there was actually three versions one was that she went out with a female friend one was that she went out with friends plural and the other one that was that she went on a date so I don't know she maybe she went with one friend or friends to the show and then went to the bar but yeah. either way I think that's what happened
0: yeah Online Sleuths also unearthed a Facebook post that Orsolia wrote a few months ago before her death about wanting to purchase pepper spray. She said, given the recent attack on women in Forest Park and general the general uptick of crimes and seedy characters in the neighborhood, I sought info here to get mace slash pepper spray for my runs in the park. And she said, be safe out there. CBS and a few other agencies reported that Orsolia was known to be texting with multiple men and that police were looking into her electronic communications. Still haven't heard much more about that, but
1: like the multiple men that she was talking to or... I'm assuming a lot of them now will be obsolete. They won't need to look too much into it anymore, but it does, like there was multiple reports that said that there were multiple men. So I feel like maybe that has some truth to it. Yeah. WABC reported that police have identified a person of
0: interest, a man who had access to her home in Forest Hills. One headline said, ex-handyman lover who knew of... It's a, a very um, like scandalous gossipy headline, <laughs> but... Tabloidy headline. It was, probably, it was probably Daily Mail. but <laughs> Ex-handyman lover who knew of spare key sought by cops in NYC Mom or Solia Gall's slaying sources. I think it was New York Post, actually, because they do the same shit. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they love a gossipy headline. <laughs> they said it's unclear when the relationship began and ended, but according to sources familiar with the case, the man knew where the family kept a spare key at their well-kept Forest Hills home and would have been able to access the home without breaking in. So we also learned that police said that they
1: apparently hadn't seen the threatening text that Howard received, so I don't know. That was kind of a side-eye piece of thing, like, well, why haven't they seen the text? Why haven't they verified his phone at the time?
0: Yeah, like, was he lying, or were police just, like, not wanting to give out information? Was there a text? According to CBS, her husband told cops he got threatening text messages over the weekend That's according to the sources again, but high-ranking authorities reportedly have not seen those texts for themselves. NYPD spokesperson Officer Cannon told Law & Crime that she cannot confirm the text. That is part of the ongoing investigation. Officer Cannon also apparently told Law &
1: Crime on the 19th that there was no person of interest in the case. And this was kind of interesting because this was the first time that a source had actually been named. Like it was a legit NYPD officer saying we have no person of interest and this was after the handyman articles and things like that. So um, I feel like a lot of the source information ended up being true but at the time it was um, the only kind of attributed quote was that there was no person of interest.
0: I feel like it's not shocking that police would publicly want to be like stop believing all these gossip and rumors even if they're true. Yeah.
1: So we're now at April 20, which was yesterday. The owner of the bar where I saw you drink on the Friday night before her murder spoke to the media. It was at the Forest Hills Station House and the owner was Gabriel Veras or Veras. So it was Gabriel Veras, who's actually the bar manager. He said same thing every time, one Moscow Mule. She was a delightful lady to talk to, real classy. He said that she was at the bar on Friday night at around 11:45 to 12:30, which was a little bit later than Um, We originally thought some of the reports said that she'd left by midnight, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. It was just maybe a little bit later than we thought. Mm. He said, she was here alone, business as usual. Moscow mule, bite to eat, talked with some staff. She was friendly and when she left alone, it didn't seem like anything was out of the ordinary or unusual. So I had a look and the bar was around 0.6 miles from her house, so maybe like a 10-minute walk, which the timeline kind of matches up with what the police had released. Um, On that day, too, the electrician who we mentioned earlier, Arjuna Jack, said that he had been in Orsolia's home and it had been outfitted with an extensive security system. And the New York Post reported on that day that a pair of blood-soaked boots were found in a trash can outside Orsolia's home and that the boots were being tested for DNA And that we also learned on this day that PIX11 said that Howard or Sawyer's husband had been cooperating with police and had given them his cell phone. So it was kind of a nothing much happened day, but I guess at least we did get some clarification on a few of the things that had happened plus the boots, which at the time everyone's like, why is a killer leaving bloody boots outside the house? Which, you know, very, very strange. (laughs) So I went to bed last night. Things seemed like they were pretty out of control. I was wondering, what was going to happen because I thought surely if it was someone in the family involved, there would have been an arrest by now. But anyway, when I woke up this morning, there was a very unexpected update. So we're at April 21 now. A man named David Benola walked up to detectives and said, I hear you are looking for me. So David is a 44-year-old man and he had been a handyman for Osoya and her family. So I guess the handyman headlines were correct that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Police have now said that they had been having an on again, off again relationship for years, and they had apparently rekindled their relationship this past April. Police say 44 year old David
2: Bonola made incriminating statements in connection with the murder of Arshaya Gall, the New York City mother of two, whose body was found early Saturday inside a duffel bag less than a mile from her home in Queens. Authorities say the two knew each other and had a violent argument in Gall's basement just after midnight Saturday morning.
1: Mr. Bonola is a handyman who was employed by Mrs. Gall. They have been having an intimate affair for approximately two years.
2: Police believe Bonola used this knife, recovered at the scene, to stab Gall more than 55 times.
1: Mr Bonella placed her in the bag and as video showed, was seen rolling the body down the sidewalks. Police believe that Orsoya was murdered after the two had an argument on Friday night or Saturday morning. A homicide detective has said, we believe the relationship Mr. Bonola had with our victim was an intimate type relationship. He said the, quote, heated argument began over domestic issues between the two. A different NYPD detective said they had been off and on and they had broken up prior but had reunited early in the month of April. Their relationship was considered at an end. David has also admitted that he did send those threatening texts to Howard. Uh, It was kind of an effort to deflect attention away from him and for them to kind of go on a wild goose chase, I guess, looking for this person that Osoya had apparently put in jail. But then he left his bloody boots at the scene. So, I don't know, the whole (laughs) thing was definitely sloppy, not very well planned at all. Um, the NYPD said that authorities had collected David's jacket, T-shirt and bloody bandages as evidence and that they had to take him to hospital for treatment for wounds on his hands before he was arrested. So it does really sound like she put up a fight for her life, which is just horrible. Solia and David were Facebook friends. It's quite interesting because when we were speaking about this this morning before recording, Kelly, who's one of the admin in our team, she said that she'd actually looked at his profile yesterday. She was going through Orsolia's friends to kind of look at all the creepy men. And David was one of them. Um, there was some public interactions between the two, which I'll put the screenshots on the blog. He wrote to her, to Mirada and a Mirada. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. He wrote that to her in 2020. The Spanish line may have been a reference to a 1999 song. It roughly translates in English as, Your Look in Love. Well, you liked the comment, and David's profile loved it.
0: He loved his own comment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So David has been charged with murder, criminal tampering, and criminal possession of a weapon. Of a weapon, there is a video of him um, getting shoved into a police car. He's wearing a Tyvek suit, which I kind of find interesting. But anyway, he screams out "Fuck you, motherfuckers!" Um, before they get him into the car. NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essig has said, "I just want to assure the public and especially the residents of Forest Hills." That there are no outstanding suspects at the time. So it sounds like they're very, very confident that David is the perpetrator in this case. Um, I have also read some articles that say David has two Children and a wife that he's separated from. So he seems a bit unhinged. Yeah. Like there is a lot of information released in this case. Like there's a photo of him on the night of the murders because he, he has a very distinctive kind of afro style of hair, like very curly. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of people have said, he looks like Slash from Guns N' Roses. He wears skinny jeans, leather jacket. But the photo of him on the night of the murders, he's got a mask on and his hair's pulled all the way back. So I guess to make himself less recognizable would be my. Rate thinking. Yeah. I wonder why he's in the Tyvek. Yeah. I've seen a few questions about that. Maybe because they took him to the hospital first and just wanted to kind of preserve anything extra that he had on him. Maybe.
0: Maybe. That's all I can think. I don't
1: know. And there are some photos of him being let out by a bunch of, I'm assuming, detectives, and he does look shorter than them. So I think he probably is quite a shortish man. So that might explain why people were talking about the figure in the video maybe being the teenager, because he does look very skinny and small compared to the other men in the photo.
0: Yeah, he's, yeah, I was going to say he's also like thin.
1: Yeah. They've also released a photo of the knife used to kill Osolia. It's a very big knife. It would have just been horrendous. I, it's horrible, really, that this is what's happened to her.
0: Just like a big kitchen knife.
1: Yeah, with a big black handle, very, very sharp pointed end.
0: It's been said that he may have killed her in the basement of the home. So I was wondering if like, he brought this knife with him or if it was a knife that he had found in the house. But I'm assuming he probably couldn't have gone upstairs because the sun was either upstairs on the main floor or the upper floor police made it seem like he was on the upper floor when they got there, but I'm assuming he couldn't have gone into the house like that to get a knife from the kitchen, but also... If he wasn't planning this, it's kind of a weird knife to carry around because it's not like it's a foldable knife.
1: Yeah, the setup of the house is kind of weird. Like I've seen some things that say it's actually a three-story house. It doesn't look it when you look at it from the front. But there's obviously the basement underneath, which is apparently where she was killed. And I've read that the basement had a separate entry door, so you don't need to go through the front door to get to the basement. Um, And then that the sun was on the highest level of the house, so I guess there couldn't have been any more separation between the murder scene and the sun. But yeah, it does seem that he probably, unless there's like a little kitchenette in the basement or something, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe like a, a workshop type area, like I don't know what kind yeah. of basement it was, it was like a finished basement or whatever. Maybe he just got lucky and the son was, you know, as a possibility, say, gaming and had headphones on and didn't hear anything and didn't come out of his room and he just got lucky. But then, I don't know, I, f- I feel like he must have had the knife because we like- she, she. I'm assuming she wouldn't let him go upstairs. If he said, "I'm just going to go and get a drink of water," for example, to get the knife, she wouldn't let him. Like, why would you want your son to know that the man you're having an affair with is in the house? Yeah, um, I feel like he had. Uh, he probably had the knife with him. Yeah. Then it's just weird because it's like, does he always carry this knife with him? Because, mm. like I said, it's not like one you could fold and put in your pocket. And it's definitely a kitchen knife. It's not like a pocket knife yeah. or a box cutter or something that you'd have in a workshop. It's like a kitchen cutting knife. Mysterious. So that is it as much as we know confirmed in Osolia's case. I'm assuming there might be a little bit more that comes out in the next few days, but there has actually been a lot of information that has turned out to be true that's been released over the past week, so I'm not probably expecting anything groundbreaking or totally new to be released now that he's been arrested. Before David had been arrested, I asked anyone if they had questions on our social media and a lot of them did, but some of them are now irrelevant because we know who did it. So I've picked out the ones that we can still chat now that there has been a suspect. Um, Anna on Facebook asked, when the husband received threatening texts, did he immediately report them to law enforcement? And if so, why didn't they conduct a wellness check at the house? I'm assuming my, th- my thoughts on that, uh, the husband was probably asleep when the text came in like 4:50 or five o'clock, which would have been even earlier if he's in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe by the time he woke up and saw the texts, she'd already been discovered.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: I agree. That would be my thinking on that. Like I, you know, I, I get, I get if there was a bigger time period between her body, you know, before been murdered and her body being found. Maybe they should have conducted a wellness check, but I feel like there probably wasn't quite enough time. Yeah, it probably all happened around the same time. Yeah. The other question that we got a lot was why would someone be dumb enough to leave their boots at the crime scene? Um, I was thinking for a while maybe they were her boots and for some reason maybe she'd taken them off and they just got bloody in the struggle. But it sounds like they are now probably his boots Um, and I really feel like he's just not very smart. That's the reason why he just didn't put a lot of thought into this and maybe he thought that the boots would be disposed of before her body was found, which is very strange. His thinking
0: must have been if they were covered in blood that he would have left footprints and didn't realise that he was already leaving just like a trail of blood from the bag, But still, like, you wouldn't even Um, try to hide them somewhere
1: else. Yeah, or it's just even if he had have taken them to a bin a few more blocks down, like, they would have been harder to find, but apparently he left them in a bin right near her house. so. Not very clever. One of our followers, Amy Johnson, on Instagram asked, Why did he even bother moving her body? It's not like he tried to conceal it. Um, which I agree. I think it's very strange. <sighs> Maybe he just panicked. Maybe he didn't I don't know. I think I, it was odd. I, I, I can't figure that one out. Just
0: panic, like Yeah. Even though if he had this knife, it was weird. I don't think it was like the police were saying and like we've said, I don't think it was planned. It was probably just like frantic, like, Oh my god, oh my god, I just killed someone, what do I do? And you're just like, I gotta get rid of the body. And really, realistically, could have just probably left the body there. But your first thought's probably, I gotta get rid of it. I gotta hide the evidence. And then maybe he was wheeling the bag. Maybe like a lot of cars were driving, even though it was very late, but maybe some cars were driving by and like spooked him. Maybe like people were around. So then he was like, I can't just be dragging this.
1: Dead body around New York City, and and maybe just dumped it. Maybe he did realize that there was blood coming from the bag, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna leave it here now." I, it's, yeah, you know, I'm screwed anyway. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what his plan was in terms of dumping the body, but yeah, very strange. One that we've touched on a bit already is how did the son not hear anything, which I also think was part of the reason why people maybe were considering him as a suspect at the start, but I can think I think it's plausible. Headphones, asleep, we don't know. Like he for all we know, he could have slit or sawyer's throat, so there might not have actually been any screaming. Um, mm. obviously she did fight back, but maybe the basement muffled the sound. I I feel like it's not totally incomprehensible that the son didn't hear a thing. No, and I just in this case, I feel so bad for
0: the family and the sons and so many people after we posted that a random guy had been arrested. So many people messaged the Instagram and Facebook and commented being like, I feel so bad. I was blaming the son and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like what we were saying with Cleo's parents. Cleo, the little missing Australian girl, has so many people went so hard on them and just assumed they
1: were involved because that seemed likely considering the circumstances. yeah. And I guess it is usually what happens, like generally when a wife dies, it's very, like now that I know that she's been having an affair, you know, that is more explainable. But, you know, generally when a wife dies, it's usually the husband or someone in the family. It's very rarely a random person, which I guess in this case it didn't end up being random anyway.
0: Yeah, I've just become very careful about what I say. I try not to never really... Uh, publicly anyways it's one thing if you're like talking to your friends or something and your words aren't posted on a public forum where it's gonna be upsetting to other people but personally i just try not to really like do that anymore because one i hate being wrong and two you feel guilty (laughs) after you are wrong and now you just kind of feel like an asshole so yeah yeah Especially when it's kids, it's just I wish people like it's okay to have theories, but I wish people would sometimes think about what they're saying a little bit more. Like you're going hard on this fucking thirteen year old kid whose mom was just murdered in the basement that while he was in the house. You think that's not traumatic enough? Now you have people being like, How didn't the son hear it? Like there's literally been people still messaging being like, I don't know, I still think something's up. Like there's always gonna be those people and I encourage you to there still to will not be now, even though they
1: be that person. Yeah, like I
0: just encourage you to not be those people that's <laughs> not
1: always sometimes you just can talk to your friends <laughs> like we actually in the in our discussion group on Facebook we were talking about it and I think we had like maybe 1500 people say what they thought had happened and someone kind of tallied it and said that 13 people out of 1500 said it was the handyman everyone else thought it was the husband or the son or you know whatever there was only 13 people who actually got it right so it's um yeah, a good lesson, I think, this one. Yeah, just
0: – I don't know. I feel hypocritical saying it, but you know what I mean. Sometimes it just feels, like, gross to accuse people as hard as some people do.
1: Yeah. Even um, I took some screenshots from her public Facebook page, so I won't say these people's full names because – but they're on there if you want to go and have a look. And someone wrote, her son hacked her up. He was only 13. Can't blame NYC. If she gave her son a therapist and group therapy, she might still be alive. Holy shit. <laughs> And then someone else wrote, the man she went on a date killed her while her husband was out of town. So sad for the husband and the kid. Hubby thought wifey was sweet and innocent. So like people. Yeah, that's just like exactly that what I mean feel the need to do to write comments like that on her public Facebook where her family are going to see it.
0: Yeah. Some people just need to realize that their opinion really doesn't fucking matter. Like keep it oh. to
1: yourself. <laughs> Especially that lady, that lady who's like, the son hacked her up. Like I wonder how bad she's been doing some deleting today. Yeah. And some people like that feel no shame. They don't fucking care. Um, My main question that I still have is I still want to know the actual timeline of what happened. Um, The police kind of reward flyers said that she was murdered at approximately 12.40 a.m., which I don't know if they actually know that or if they're assuming because that would have been around the time she got home from the bar. Well, they would probably know because of the text, I'm thinking, around when. I thought the text came in, though. Well, yeah, I don't know. I thought the text came in at like 4.30 or 5, though. Uh, Like like around the time he dumped the body. Like he did it way later. Yeah. Anyway, obviously, I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is, but if the timeline is correct that she was murdered, just even say by 1 a.m., what did he do in the house? Was he in the house the whole time? I, my theory is that maybe they were in the house together for a few hours. I know they've said there was no um, sign of sexual assault or anything on her like that, but maybe they spent a few hours together. Maybe at the end, she's like, no, I don't want to see you anymore. And then maybe he just snapped. And that's why, do you know what I mean? Like that's why that explains the few hours of time lapse in between the murder and the dumping.
0: Yeah. I f- I'm also curious to know as to how she ended up Meeting up with him and how they got into the basement, like, some people have been like, oh, was he there waiting for her, then decided, they decided to, like, talk about their relationship or whatever in the basement, or did she meet up with him, like, tell him to come over, like, I just want to know how, how they got together.
1: Someone actually sent us a kind of interesting theory in relation to that. They said, "I think he set her up. She was waiting at the bar for someone. I'm thinking he made a fake profile on a dating site to lure her. They set up a time to meet. The person never shows. In the meantime, he goes to her house because he knows where the key is and lets himself in and waits till she comes home." He, that could have also been the case without the fake profile. He could have said, "Hey, I'll meet you at the bar at you know, eleven thirty or whatever time, and just never showed up. And she waited for him. I think they said they wa- she waited for forty minutes and then left.
0: She could have just. Seems
1: like the bartender
0: kind of also knew of her, though. And it was normal for her to be there. I mean, some people she might not have been waiting for someone. I'm just being like devil's advocate. Yeah, she but could have just been like a local. Yeah, bar she could have now. just not wanted
1: to go straight home after and just wanted to have a drink before she went home. And yeah, like the bartender not, like knew she had like a usual drink. Yeah. Um. The New York Post are reporting that. The, David did arrive at Orselia's house 10 minutes after she got home. I don't really know how they know all this yet, but um, well, maybe they he had, was watching her at the bar. Maybe
0: because um, remember the weird electricians that they had a security system? Maybe there's oh, cameras yeah, yeah, yeah. or something because that would kind of yeah. help, I guess.
1: Yeah, it could be. Um, and uh, like I have read that they used to keep their spare key in the barbecue or something like that. So he obviously knew how to get into the house. I would Yeah, I'd be interested to know if she knew he was coming or if he turned up. And basically attacked her. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just want to clarify is that we mentioned at the start of the episode about the son being missing in 2004. That was later amended in the media to be him going missing in 2021, and he was only missing for an hour. So hmm. it's just a kind of another weird point that they included in these all these articles. Yeah. Um, another theory I'll just speak about quickly because it is obviously only speculation and a theory is that maybe Howard and Orsolia kind of lived separate lives. Um, there's no no basis, to but that might explain why she didn't go on the college tour. Maybe, you know, maybe he knew about these affairs and there seems like there was maybe multiple if the media reports are true. So it might, they might've kind of been living separate lives, but still living in the same house. Or maybe the other side could be, maybe he didn't know about the
0: affairs and that's why she didn't want to go on the college trip. So she could meet up with her various boyfriends
1: yeah who knows I don't I I, I'm assuming these men probably may also be if there are men when I say men maybe they are also married and they probably aren't going to want to come forward either so I don't know if we're going to learn much more about that yeah but I think that is it as at the moment for Osolia's case um if anything else big does happen but I feel like now we already know her cause of death the arrest has been made I can't even imagine what else that there could be as an update now. Yeah, um, There is one other case that we just wanted to discuss quickly today. We've had a lot of people message us about it. On the same day that Osoya was murdered, which was April 16th, a child was found dead in a suitcase in Sellersburg in Indiana. At around 7.30 p.m., a local resident was mushroom hunting, which if you've listened to our past episodes, you know our discussion on mushroom hunting. So many people message and they're like, another mushroom hunter. And I'm like, damn, you guys remember everything because even I forgot about that. (laughs) Even I, and I've seen a few messages, which is my, how can you hunt a mushroom? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, The mushroom hunter found a child's body near a roadway in a heavily wooded area of eastern Washington County, which is according to the Indiana State Police. Washington County is around 70 miles south of Indianapolis and 25 miles northwest of Louisville. The um, officials have described the child as a young black male between the ages of five and eight. The boy is approximately four feet with a slim build and a short haircut. Police have said that they believe the child has died within the past week. So, a few days later, on April 19, 2022, police released more information about the circumstances in this case and that the child had been found stuffed in a suitcase. They released a photo of the suitcase. I feel like it's super distinctive. It's like a wheelie suitcase and it's got a Vegas, Las Vegas image on it, you know, the Las Vegas sign. Yeah. It's an ugly ass suitcase. It's like a hard shelf suitcase. Something that you'd buy in Vegas as like a souvenir or something. So like people like they sell these everywhere in Vegas, but I still feel like in the rest of the country, they wouldn't be that. I haven't common. I've never seen one of those around me. (laughs) Yeah. So you would think that someone may recognize this suitcase. Um, They conducted an autopsy on the child and the body did not show any obvious causes of death and police are now waiting for toxicology to determine if drugs played a part in the death. The Indiana State Police Sergeant Kerry Hulls said, our number one goal at this point is to find out the identity and name of this child. That's what he deserves. Um, they believe the child could be from another state. Um, he's the, the sergeant said, we thought this would be a local case, but since nothing has happened, we haven't had any matches. This obviously could be a national thing. I have seen a lot of comments online about people suggesting that the boy may be missing child, Cody Bigsby. Um, Cody did go missing in January though, so the time of death doesn't really match up. Mm-hmm. And the sergeant said, we don't believe that will be a match and that the investigators have already looked into that. There was a weird little kind of twist in this case that the body of a man was found in a creek in Washington County on Wednesday, April 20, 2022. Um, People started speculating that maybe this was related to the boy in the suitcase, but it wasn't. That body was identified as 89-year-old man Harold Wilson of Seymour and Silver Alert had been issued for Harold on April 19. Um, They haven't done an autopsy on Harold yet, but I'm assuming he maybe had dementia or some type of other illness and he somehow got lost and ended up in the creek and they've said no foul play is suspected at this time so um just wanted to mention that case because we've had a lot of messages about it and we'll update you guys if anything does come in terms of the child's identity and the investigation into that Mm -hmm. so that's everything for this episode as always
0: you can check out our blog at truecrimesocietyblog.com you could see The ugly suitcase we were just talking about, pictures of the guy who killed Orsolia walking with the suitcase, pictures of the suitcase, not suitcase, the hockey bag,
1: sorry. You can see all that (laughs) on the blog. I feel like I did a, I'm tooting my own horn here, but I feel like I did a good job on that Orsolia blog because I updated it every single day. So it's really a timeline, like a full proper timeline of information as we learned it with videos, clips all that type of stuff. So if you really want to, you know, deep dive, go and check out the blog. So go check it out and then let Olivia know if you think she did a good job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, please. <laughs> um, you can also follow us on Instagram. That's kind of where we post the most and that's where we put the updates out fastest. And, you know, we're, we're always asking you guys questions, doing polls, and sometimes we get stuff for the podcast from there. So maybe we'll read your opinion or your question. Definitely follow us there at True Crime Society. You can follow our personal accounts. They are both in the bio for the True Crime Society Instagram. Mine's Steph Sum underscore Olivia's is TCS Olivia. So you could put some cute faces to these cute voices. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then of course there's the forum at TrueCrimeSociety.com great place to talk with people about crime without all the added fluff of Facebook. Of course, there's also our Facebook page. If you want to fight someone, good place to go to fight because <laughs> everyone's always fighting there. It um, is wild. It's the wild west. Yeah, rec- absolutely <laughs> reckless. And they make it so the page is like unmanageable. Like, I always have a hard time with comments on the page and trying to go through them and trying to find them. So it's not even like we can delete half the comments half the time. (laughs) It's always a challenge. can't get them to load. No. Yeah, definitely. So definitely check that out. Um, Leave us a review if you haven't. On Apple, you can leave us like a five-star review and write a nice little note. And we do read all the reviews. We repost them. So if you have something nice to say, we'd love to see it. Otherwise, please don't. Um, And you could leave us a five-star rating or whatever (laughs) on Spotify if you listen on there. And as always, share the podcast, post it in your Instagram stories. We're always resharing it. Tell a friend, tell someone, help spread the word. It's a great way to support us. And also, if any of the sponsors this episode sound like they would be something to be into, definitely use our links and check them out because it's a big help to us. And it's a great way to support the show and help us keep this going so all the links for the sponsors will be in the episode description you can also find them on our instagram usually we'd appreciate you doing any or all of those things (laughs) thank you so much thank you guys for listening and we'll be back next week i'm off to the dentist (laughs) oh have fun (laughs) bye (laughs) see ya